America. And it's Liana. This is the Night Guys podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime. Guess what today is, guys? Guess what today is? Ooh-hoo. Louder. Ooh-hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. Two years. Two years. What is that? Is that like paper or some bullshit? What happens oh, in the two year? I didn't even look that up. We Hold should on. we should know. We should know. Anniversary it's gifts. Bullshit, I type in wedding anniver and like the first thing that pops up is gifts. Second <laughs> is cotton. First one was paper. We Wait, what's first? Paper. What's second? Cotton. Oh, cotton. I heard cot and I'm like, what is that? Besides the thing you, you sleep on. I was going to say, a very uncomfortable bed. Thank you so much. So tired, I'll sleep on top of any apparatus. Third one's leather, which is gross, but I've seen that they're making cactus leather, which mm. looks so cool. I like all the It looks so cool. Leathers. There's some neat ones. Mm-hmm. I know. Next year, we're going big. You and I are giving each Mm-mm. other full-on leather ensembles. Cactus leather? And a dough. Yes. You know what? We should start saying toe to head. <laughs> Throw people off. Make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, for Christmas, yeah, they gave me toe to head like clothes. I got full outfits like for days. What is this new word? Toe to head. You know, toe to head. Toe to head. So much better. <laughs> Guys, let's elevate the way we talk. The fourth one is fruit and flowers. Oh. At least in the United States, but in the UK, it's linen or silk. What's number oh. two? Oh my goodness. For UK, what's that? Paper or cotton. Oh. Which is funny because, so, first year, traditional US, paper. Traditional UK, cotton or paper. So they're just... Second. <laughs> wait, second, cotton. Traditional UK, paper or cotton. So they swapped them. I don't know why. <laughs> Google, you're so confused. (laughs) Somehow it's different. (laughs) Wow. Okay, Um, so cotton. Hmm. mm -hmm. Buy me a sweet t-shirt. Ooh. From Mm -hmm. our threadless shop. (laughs) Get me one that reminds you of me. I'll get one. We'll get each other the same shirt. <laughs> this is a lovely, lovely notion. I like this Happy idea. anniversary, Erica. Happy anniversary, Leon. I love you so much. Smooches. Mm. <laughs> I'll drink to wow. this. I'll drink to your two-year anniversary. Cheers. Mm. Speaking of drinks. 200 more. <laughs> <laughs> We actually have some people to thank. Uh, we started this little buy us a drink thing online. And half of it goes to a really badass uh, animal sanctuary. And we will be donating half of the funds that are given or donated to us uh, at the end of December, right? Mm-hmm. That's the plan? Christmas. 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 Gaff. Christmas. Or Krampus gifts. Mm, Krampusmas. Mmm. What a Krampus cryptidness. We should have so a good. Krampus uh, Patreon party. Oh, that's good. I like that. 
I, I like okay, that. I, I got to start planning my costume. Maybe we dress like. Uh, we gotta dress like uh, old timey. I mean, we could dress just as. <laughs> <laughs> and read like <laughs> fucked up like Christmas Reddit stories like their I Christmas like that. tales. That would be good. Mm-hmm. I just want to wear that costume I all really the time. Wear it's it. sitting in my closet in like a very prominent visual space, so yep. I can see it all Mine the time. Mine is hanging on the back of the bathroom door, which is really fun because the window is frosty because it's our bathroom faces our front yard, which is very strange when you're sitting <laughs> on the toilet. But if you push <laughs> the bedroom, bathroom door open all the way, it's close to the window, so you can kind of mm-hmm. see what it is. And it's my Lestat wig in <laughs> the jacket. <laughs> it's real fun. Or sometimes if it's, like, warm, I'll open it and um, the window, just because I like fresh air everywhere all the time mm-hmm. in all the rooms. And, Even uh, if it's cold, I want that fresh yes. air. And so if the window's open, then you actually see it from the sidewalk. <laughs> it's like so this creepy. Wig and this... So good. A wig, a cheetah robe, and Lestat's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the cheetah robe. That's good. That's how you know it's a good house. Mm-hmm. But right. anyway, we were talking about drinks. Sorry, we get distracted. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people have already donated, so we wanted to thank you, BJ. Thank you so much, our friend. We love you. Tanya, I miss you, girl. You're so lovely. Thank you. you. Uh, Stephanie, you badass. Thank you so much. And Melissa, we love you so much. Thank you. you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. And Bobby, too, I guess. And Bobby. I love you. (laughs) I like you a lot because you keep Erica happy. So I love you you through Erica, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. Mm. I don't like it. I like it. I take that back. It's like a ghost situation. (laughs) We can all make pottery together. (laughs) It'll be the ugliest looking bowl ever. You know that it would just start to go wobbling in one direction. Nothing is funnier looking than (laughs) pottery wheel with the... With it, with the it being fucked like, up, like, it's so funny. I could never take a pottery class. I did, and it always ended up like that, and I failed. I actually got like a C minus. I barely passed. Oh my god, that's so funny. I would love to. We should totally mm. do one of a kind pottery no. auction. Mm. That's a terrible idea. Um, oh, by the crazy. way, I forgot to to mention, Melissa demanded that our drink be water because we need water. I responded <laughs> and said no. <laughs> Shots fired, Melissa. Water's for losers. Okay. As I just drank some. I'm very thirsty. I'm sorry. It's hot in here. Also, we have some lovely people that have given us new reviews. Thank you so much to Seriously, Nicole from the you. Quite Unusual Podcast. Thank Check you. them out. They're adorable and sweet and wonderful. Uh, Ray Ray, thank you so much. Thank you. Shout out to Ray I Ray. appreciate you. And also... Captain Clayton. Thank you so much for your review. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you haven't already, send us a DM on Instagram with your address so that we can send you a sticker. Mm-hmm. 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 Please do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So now we have some news. P.S. What? Everyone oh. on our Patreon who participated in the animal 
Halloween costume contest extravaganza. This week, I'm going to be sending out your um, your little something specials for entering your sweet baby puppy and kitties slash Oleg mm-hmm. in it. <laughs> Just so you know. Shout out Oleg. <laughs> cool. Okay. I had to get that oh. in there. I've oh, not oh, forgotten oh, you. Okay. Uh, okay. So we have news. I'm making you uh, go first. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to read the headline because I don't, I want to bury the lead for like one second. Okay. One. <laughs> and this is news as of today. Okay. You look excited. And that means I don't like it. You are, you're never going to want to travel again. <laughs> um, especially to England, which is really sad. Probably. In a worrisome incident that unfolded in the skies over England, fuck the skies. Boeing 737 nearly collided with an unidentified flying object that came within 10 feet of the How can it get that close? That's insane. I don't know, but apparently the event occurred back in September and came to light this week by way of a report issued by the UK Airprox Board. Which is a government organization that investigates craft near-miss cases. So it's probably like the um, NTSB or something. According to their filing, the strangeness began when the airliner was approaching Leeds Bradford Airport. And, quote, both pilots suddenly saw a bright light and an object which appeared to be moving toward the aircraft almost head-on, slightly up and to the left. Chillingly, the report goes on to state that, quote, the objects appeared object excuse me appeared without warning and there was no time to act as luck would have it the airliner managed to avoid colliding with the ufo which passed the craft by a mere 10 feet the pilots promptly reported the incident and subsequently safety safely landed without any further weirdness but upon their arrival air traffic controllers informed them that a police helicopter had previously reported seeing lanterns in the area however intriguingly neither the pilots believed what they saw was a lantern although the board conceded that they could not make a determination as to what the object could have been they did classify the event as an a-level event which is the highest risk assessment possible they also mused that it was a situation where providence had played a major part in the incident and that a disastrous collision very well could have occurred had circumstances only been different while UFO enthusiasts may wonder if an alien craft could be to blame for a near miss, a more plausible explanation would seem that it was a drone encounter, as the air, air prox filing for that month features a whopping seven such instances of pilots reporting UAV sightings while flying. Uh, don't fly your drones in airspace that is considered off limits. It's not cool. Mm-mm. It's so it's it's illegal. <laughs> first of all, also it's fucking dangerous. <laughs> Please don't. So stupid. It's not like you get better shots in those places. You really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. It's not any better than anywhere else. But anyway, I guess we just have to avoid that area of England. You know, I feel like I just gotta go underground. <laughs> Become a mole person. <laughs> no sky. And I just watched underwater, so you're definitely not going in the water either. No, I don't like caves either, so I'm just not sure. <laughs> nowhere to go you know you need you need a tree house you know what i need i need Mm. just yeah like good cloud cover somewhere or trees (laughs) like a mist yeah no No, i ain't the (laughs) bog there is no saving you (laughs) i just need thick and dense jungle wow cool so we just just determined a lot you hate the sky 
because aliens. <laughs> you hate underwater because mystery. Caves like can't it. do it either. Yeah, got lost. In fog, one. fog, <laughs> mist can't have that. That movie's scary. <laughs> dry, dry desert, not good because just dry sucks. Yeah, it's no fun. And yeah, jungle. Where can you live? Yeah, jungle only. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm okay with that. Determined. That's very fine. quickly. That works. All right. Well, this news is gross and disgusting. You sent it to me. I don't really <laughs> want to read it because I don't like the photo at all. I think it's just really gross and disgusting. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Punky. <sighs> okay. Packing out, little man. I just don't want to read this. It's gross. Read it. A helicopter survey of bighorn sheep living in the wilderness of Utah led to the unexpected discovery. This is so awful. Of a mysterious (laughs) monolith which had suddenly (laughs) appeared planted in the ground. (laughs) Maybe they're trying to recreate 2001. Sick. Ew. If I saw that (laughs) and I like I'd throw up on it. (laughs) According to a local media report, the weird find was made this past Wednesday by officers with the Utah Department of Public Safety as they helped the state's Division of Wildlife Resource with their annual creature count. As they flew over the southern part of the state, one of the biologists aboard the CHOPPA noticed something highly unusual, which brought their work to a sudden stop. Ew, I would keep quiet. I hope no one noticed. We just happened to fly directly over the top of it. The pilot, Brett Hutchings, recalled. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he was like, there's this thing back there. We've got to look at it. Cool conversation. It's like the guy that I love in Ant-Man. And she was like, yeah. And then she went next door and they were like, okay, cool. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. My favorite part of that movie. The source of all the excitement was a puzzling metal monolith standing strikingly out (laughs) out of place in a cove of the state's iconic red rocks. Understandably curious about the object, the team proceeded to land the helicopter and investigate it up close. We were kind of joking around that one of us suddenly disappears, then the rest of us make a run for it. (laughs) No. I wouldn't joke about that. (laughs) Fortunately, the 10 to 12 foot tall rectangular metal object was not dangerous, though it was undoubtedly mysterious. The team observed that it did not appear to have fallen from the sky and instead was likely planted in the ground. As for its purpose, they initially suspected that perhaps it was somehow connected with NASA, maybe a means of contacting satellites, but ultimately concluded that it appeared more likely to be some kind of artwork. For now, it remains in place, although the group has opted not to reveal the location um, in case people want to go look at it and mess it up. Um, It remains to be seen whether or not the nature of the odd object will ever come to be known, or will it simply vanish as quickly as it appeared. What? (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) I would get rid of it, melt it down. Chop it up. Blow it up. It doesn't need to be there. That is I think nasty. They should keep it. 
Ew. <laughs> Draw a big penis on it. <laughs> no, just right, do, uh, like, stick one of those dildos to it that just that hangs too. off the side. There's two sides. <laughs> There's room for all. You know, you know what? <laughs> right, we should find it and put a night guy sticker on it. <laughs> and then on the back, and then on the back, right, uh, Right, oh my goodness. And then on the other side, right, <laughs> toe to head. <laughs> really, really confuse them. Have we oh, figured out how head. to spell toe to head? Toe. I D-A. mean, do we go toe 90s and toe number two? <laughs> head. Mm. Or oh, toe. Da head. Toe to head. <laughs> Two head, hmm. and two O's, one O. We don't know. <laughs> it would be one for sure. I mean, if we're talking about duh or number two, anything <laughs> up for grabs. <laughs> so that is true. This is, I think that everybody's true. at the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hate it, gross. Bury it. <laughs> bury it i thought you wanted to blow it up i mean dump it in a volcano that's a better solution melt that put it back in the earth to whence it came melt melt it down (laughs) unless it's from space and then it just messes up all the volcanoes shoot it back up into the universe (laughs) (laughs) oh should we get started on this mess of a subject i'm so scared so am i I'm scared because this subject... No one's going to agree with anything we say. One of our Patreon listeners, uh, Danny, actually sent us a message with so much information because this is like a pet interest of his that oh, he cool. has looked into a ton. And I've been reading through all of the crazy... Not like he's crazy, but like the crazy links that he sent. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. This is the most stressed I've ever been while doing an episode. <laughs> guys we're talking about the jfk assassination and the conspiracy theories therein right because not only is this this is a week of anniversaries okay (laughs) and it's not fitting (laughs) our anniversary his kind of anniversary that's fucked up why are we doing this why did we decide this (laughs) this is a terrible decision sorry everybody we're bad people How did we not realize this was not nice until now? Uh, Oh, my God. You know why? Because I've been too busy reading about it (laughs) like a psychopath. I know. Okay. I can't even. I just don't even know. I don't know what's happening right now. (laughs) Well. Okay. Where to begin? So, with JFK's assassination, there are... A bajillion conspiracies. Mm-hmm. There's not just one. No. There's there were two shooters when only one person was, you know, accused of it. There's the Secret Service was all out partying the night before and the, you know, that's what happened. They weren't on their A game. There's, you know, Cuba. There's Russia Grassy was involved. <laughs> There's that one. There's all kinds of... There's so many conspiracy theories. And the problem is, 
they're not just that there are a bunch of them. There are many layers to each of them. And there are, for the most part, decent reasons for people to latch on to certain conspiracy theories. Totally. Uh, I, I'm definitely convinced that Lee Harvey Oswald... Well, we should say at the end. We should say one at the end. All right. Believe. Ah, I'm just... I have feelings. <laughs> I have so many, and that's why I don't know where to start. So how about this? No, that's fine. Okay. So what's the one that you're leaning on? What's yours? What's your My, theory of choice? That Lyndon B. Johnson was behind it. I'm not so much concerned about who shot him. I'm more concerned about why he was shot. Okay. Because yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't shot just because it's like, oh, it's just the president. Like, he had a mm-hmm. lot of things going on. There were moving parts. Um, there were a lot of moving parts. And that's, mm-hmm. I think Lee Harvey Oswald was kind of like, he was a built-in patsy. Like, he had reason his own reasons for shooting him, but it was just convenient that he was, uh, that he felt how he felt. So they were like, perfect, great, built-in. You mm-hmm. don't even have to, like, brainwash this fool because he's done it to himself. I agree. I believe that Oswald was a patsy. I believe this, as one says in France, it was a coup d'etat. Oh, oh. Um, a coop. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's where uh, all the chickens were. So I think a good place to start, okay, is just some background on how the day went down, just in general. Like, what yes, are the please. facts? Okay. <laughs> there are so many, even with that. So I know I was like, yeah, the facts. <laughs> Oh, dear. So JFK went to Texas. He went there to smooth over frictions in the Democratic Party. He needed it for re-election. Totally. A presidential visit to Texas was first agreed upon by Kennedy and Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson and Texas Governor John Connolly, while all three men were together in a meeting in El Paso. And this was in June. President Kennedy mm-hmm. later decided to embark on the trip with three basic goals in mind. To help raise more money for the Democratic Party for the Presidential Campaign Fund. Two, begin his quest for re-election. Three, to help mend political fences among several leading Texas Democratic Party members. His trip was first announced to the public in September of 63. The exact motorcade route was finalized on November 18th publicly um, and publicly announced a few days before November 22nd when he was assassinated. Mm -hmm. So Kennedy's motorcade route through Dallas with Johnson and Connolly was planned to give the president maximum exposure to local crowds before his arrival for a luncheon at the trademark. Um, the Dallas trademark was preliminary, well, preliminarily selected as the place for the <laughs> luncheon, and Kenneth O'Donnell, President Kennedy's friend and appointment secretary, had selected it as the final destination on the motorcade route. Um, leaving from Dallas Love Field, the motorcade had been allotted 45 minutes to reach the trademark at a planned arrival time of 12.15. The itinerary Mm -hmm. was designed to serve as a meandering 10-mile route between the two places, um, and they could go slow because it's like, you know, he's there to see everybody. Special Agent Winston G. Lawson, a member of the White House Detail, who acted as the Advanced Secret Service Agent and Secret Service Agent Forrest V. Sorrells, special agent in charge of the Dallas office, were the most active in planning the actual motorcade route. Okay, great. On November 14th, both men attended a meeting at Love Field and drove over the route that um, Sorrells believed was best suited for the motorcade. 
from Love Field, the route passed through a suburban section of Dallas through downtown along Main Street, and finally to the trademark via a short segment of the Stemmons Freeway. It's just, this is also interesting to me, because uh, they're involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, I don't like shit. it. Three vehicles were used for the Secret Service and police protection in the Dallas motorcade. The first car, an unmarked white Ford hardtop, carried Dallas Police Chief Jesse Curry, Secret Service Agent Wynn Lawson, Sheriff Bill Decker, and Dallas Field Agent Forrest Sorrells. The second car, a 61 Lincoln Continental Convertible, was occupied by driver Agent Bill Greer, Roy Kellerman, Governor John Connolly, Nellie Connolly, President Kennedy, and Jackie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. A third car, a 55 Cadillac convertible codenamed Halfback, contained driver Agent Sam Kinney, Emery Roberts, President Aides Ken O'Donnell, and Dave Powers, Driver Agent George Hickey, and uh, Agent Glenn Bennett. And then there were Secret Service agents uh, that rode on the running boards. There's so many people. Okay. Mm-hmm. On November 22nd, after breakfast speech in Fort Worth, where President Kennedy had stayed overnight after arriving from San Antonio, Houston, and Washington, D.C. the previous day, the president boarded Air Force One. It departed at 1110 and arrived at Love Field 15 minutes later. At about 1140, the presidential motorcade left Love Field for the trip through Dallas, running on a schedule about 10 minutes longer than the planned 45 due to enthusiastic crowds that were around 150 to 200,000 people and two unplanned stops directed by the president. By the time the motorcade reached Dealey Plaza, they were only five minutes away from their planned destination. So, while all this is going on and he's landed and there and whatnot Mm -hmm. um they also have a timeline for what oswald is doing um oh cool but not cool (laughs) right so um the night before oswald spends night at the Payne home her name's ruth Payne. that's where he was staying Mm -hmm. and then it's just so weird to see these like two timelines like together it's very strange yeah so, um, around the time Air Force One lands, I said that was at 11.38 in the morning. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it. Because um, Oswald does It's hard to say, like, did he... Was his behavior... Well, obviously, his behavior was off. He shoots a cop. But... His behavior was a little odd. So, he was a Marine, and then he went off to Russia and was like super into what was going on there. So when he came back from Russia, he had kind of gone off the rails like when well, he, he went to Mexico. Yeah, so Oswald was he was stationed in Japan and then he defected and then he went back to the States, then went to Russia for two years, married mm-hmm. a lady named Marina, which is fine, but during this era when like there's like everyone's scared of us and russia and there's Mm -hmm. like you know it's like the communists yeah the red scare and all these people are being accused of being kgb or having ties to communism and you know it's like a weird time and so him not having the best record with the military (laughs) And then going to Russia for two years, marrying someone who is Russian, and then coming back, like, 
if you're looking for somebody to set up to tank the fall for this, he's looking real good. It looks like he cared about his country, (laughs) then did it, then switched sides. And then when he was in in Dallas, he was – he got high because he, like, couldn't find a job. And he was, like – ready to be divorced i believe from marina and he got hired to hand out leaflets that were like anti-kennedy leaflets so he was already on the police radar as like an anti-kennedy guy that's why i said he was perfect he didn't need to be like brainwashed because he was already against everything kennedy stood for it's just so weird so it he does what Oswald does is he gets a ride back to Ruth's house to pick up curtain rods. And he's, like, doing all these weird little errands. And I just don't... It's strange. Then he spends the night. Then goes to... He gets a ride with Buell Wesley Frazier to work at the Texas School Book Depository with a package he claims mm-hmm. to be curtain rods. He's, like, hanging out with these curtain rods all day. So that's what he's doing during this. <laughs> He's got curtain rods, and he's at the book depository. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Your new favorite word? Depository. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the book depository is where he supposedly takes his, um, that's where he stages his, sh- like, area he's going to sh- kill mm-hmm. JFK. And that's where it happens if you subscribe to him being the person that, is the shooter side side note on my road trip across the united states um we went to the six-story museum oh cool i watched a video on it we all ran out into the street and stood on the x because there's an x in the street where it happened we stood on it for a second and then we like ran off because we're like ah because it's the middle of the fucking road (laughs) yeah it is not it's not safe don't do that so he shot from the sixth floor and you can't go up to that they say it's to keep it preserved which is kind of weird because you can put up like plexiglass and so like how they say Uh, we were taken up there in the tour as i watched a video that was new oh this is a he's well what the guy said who runs (laughs) it and he was like an older dude he was saying that the actual area where it took place he said no no one can walk on it it is exactly how it has been people aren't even allowed Hmm. to see it Okay, then maybe they set up something that looks similar because they have something that is staged with all of the packing boxes and stuff. Is that what you saw? Probably. Um, Yeah, so they set up a mock one of it. So he's up on the sixth floor, and supposedly, like the shoe marks of the dust and stuff where he was, all of it is exactly how it was left. No one can even go there. It's like, it reminds me of Elvis's second floor in Graceland, because you're not allowed to go up there either. And it's exactly how it was when he died. What's crazy is that during that time, they were not good with crime scenes. <laughs> they usually, like, fucked up crime scenes with, like, Oh, yeah. Well, stuff, I so think shocked. it's weird for, um, well, it's be- for Elvis, it's because his family is so. Well, I don't mean, I don't mean Elvis, because Elvis yeah. is. That's different. But um, uh, for this, I think it's suspicious. It's a little weird. I do, too. I, I find that very suspicious. It's it's weird. I don't get it. Sus. Okay. It's very suspect. Um, so, okay. President Kennedy's, Kennedy's open-top Lincoln Continental Ford or convertible limo entered the plaza at 12.30 p.m. 
The first lady of Texas turned around to the president who was sitting behind her and commented, Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you, which the president acknowledged by saying, no, you certainly can't. Those were his last words. Oh. From Houston Street, the presidential limo made the planned left turn onto Elm, providing access to the Stemmons Freeway exit. As the vehicle turned onto Elm, the motorcade past the Texas School Book Depository. Suddenly, shots were fired at President Kennedy as his motorcade continued down Elm Street. About 80% of the witnesses recalled hearing three shots. I just want to say that I saw an interview of the guy who is, if you watch the video, and there, um, there's pictures, too, of it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he is 10 to 15 feet away from him. He said, like, mm. he was the closest person besides the people in the car to this happening Mm -hmm. um there's a famous photo of him on the ground like covering up his uh two-year-old and his wife is next to him and she's covering up their other son because they're horrified that it's going to be more shooting and Mm. uh he there's a picture of him running up to the car because he's like trying to go help after yeah Yeah, um i'm kind of skipping ahead but the warrens commission is who the vice president now sworn in president lyndon johnson um he created the warren commission to investigate all of this which is kind of Mm. strange but um they interviewed they a question interviewed whatever you want to call it this guy i'm blanking on his name that was literally right there they only talked to him once and they didn't really ask him or investigate they they got nothing from him (laughs) and he's like over the years he's like it's just Everyone always says, like, what do you mean? They didn't, they didn't want any information from you? And he's like, nope. Of course they didn't. That is weird. This literally the eyewitness to all of it. He's like, I was right there. And he's not like a kid. He's a dad. He's, like, there. You know, like, this is great testimony. So do you believe that there were three shots? There were four Because there was one four. that went through, there was, like, one that went through, like, a light, right? Wasn't there one that they From found, like, a bullet? From what I read, there were like, four shots to hit. So people have tried... Now I'm really getting off. People tried oh, sorry. To, people have recreated this because, weirdly, the gun he used was a man licker. That's what that it's called. It's two it. N's and there's H's and T's in it, but you say it that way. Uh, um, this gun is like a bolt action. So you have to, what? like... Bolt so action you, takes time. <laughs> What it also does is when you are sniping, you can't keep your line of sight no. where it is. No. You have to move it enough where you're not on the target anymore. I don't care how good you are. Also, this car is moving. Um, he's six and all fours this took up. place in like six seconds or something? Six seconds. And he's through the trees also. Also, <laughs> Oswald... He's not an expert marksman. He was no, the lowest not a level shot. you can attain when you are in the military. He, lowest level, which is he's fine. An underachiever. <laughs> but does not add up for these shots. They've had multiple people recreate it. Like, up six floors, same mm-hmm. angle, measure the distance. The targets are stationary. And, there's, and these are, like, people who are military, blah, blah, blah. Same mm-hmm. gun. The fastest they can usually get it out is, like, eight seconds. But that's just trying to beat the clock and not necessarily aiming. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It makes yeah. no sense. 
You can't do that. No. You, and and he's not that great of a shot. No. I mean, I guess, sure, he could get a lucky shot, but... He can't get two lucky shots. I don't think so either. He can't. Either. <laughs> I mean, unless he had sold his soul and he was like, I need to make these two shots. Yeah, so... I, that's it. I don't get it. So I, but maybe there were more shots. I don't know. There were at least three. I think there might have been four. The only thing I know is two hit him. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, even if it's two, he's not doing it. <laughs> that's all I know. Um, that's why I said I'm not so much concerned. I know it sounds fucked up, but I'm not concerned about who did it. Just, but but, but the, I'm concerned about the people behind who set it up. But him, but it them wasn't saying him. he did it is like part of it though, because he didn't. So who's lying? He definitely didn't. No. So suddenly shots were fired. Uh, they kept driving. Eighty percent of the witnesses. Okay, they heard three. A minority mm. of the witnesses recognized the first gunshot they heard as weapon fire, but there was hardly any reaction to the first shot from a majority of the people in the crowd or those riding in the motorcade. Many bystanders later said they heard what they first thought to either be a firecracker or backfire um, shortly after the president had begun waving. Although some close witnesses recalled seeing the limo slow down, nearly stop, or completely stop, the Warren Commission, Hmm. which we were talking about, uh, based on the Zapruder film, which is the iconic footage of film Ugh, um, i can't watch it found that the limo had traveled an average of 11.2 miles per hour over the 186 feet of elm street immediately preceding the fatal headshot and then one second of each other governor Connolly and mrs kennedy turned abruptly from looking to their left to looking to their right beginning at the film frame one uh, 162 Connolly, like the president was a world war ii military vet but unlike him, a longtime hunter, Connolly testified that he immediately recognized the sound as that of a high-powered rifle. Then he turned his head and torso rightward, attempting to see President Kennedy behind him. The mm-hmm. governor testified he could not see the president, so then he started to turn forward again, turning from his right to left. The governor also testified that when his head was facing about 20 degrees left of center, he was hit in his upper right back by a bullet that he did not hear get fired. The doctor who operated on him measured his head at the time he was hit as having turned 27 degrees left of center. After Connolly was hit, he shouted, oh, no, 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 my God, they're going to kill us all. Oh. So scary. Mrs. Connolly testified that just after hearing a loud, frightening noise that came from somewhere behind her and, and to her right, she turned toward Kennedy and saw him raise up his arms and elbows with his hands in front of his face and throat. She then heard another gunshot and the governor yelling. She then turned away from Kennedy toward her husband, at which point another gunshot sounded, and both she and the limousine's rear interior were covered with fragments of skull, blood, and brain. So the guy I mentioned, who was, like, the main witness, like, up-close uh-huh. witness, he said he could see everything. He's like, I saw a brain fragment. I saw everything from where I was Blech. standing. He's like, I could see in their head. Oh, I was reading through articles, and I just happened to scroll through, and I saw some... <sighs> Uh, evidence pictures it was uh, traumatic i did not i do not yeah, there it's a lot um according to the warren commission and the house senate committee on assassinations kennedy was waving to the crowds on his right with his right arm upraised on the side of the limo when a shot entered his upper back went through his neck and slightly damaged a spinal vertebrae and the top of his right lung 
Okay. <sighs> Bullet exited his throat nearly centerline just beneath his larynx and nicked the left side of his suit tie knot. He raised his elbow, clenched his fist in front of his face and neck, then leaned forward and left Miss Kennedy facing him, then put her arms around him in concern. So... This next part is going to talk about this. So this very, very suspect Warren Commission, they have Uh the magic bullet theory, which is one bullet did all this damage that I just went through. So they are in front of everybody, you know. Oh, my God. They're saying one magical bullet, and that's literally what it is, magic bullet theory, which is really fun because Bobby just before the showed me a Seinfeld episode where they talk about this. Because um, Kramer and Newman get spit on by a baseball player and the spit like hits both of them and it's really funny and I really, really like it. And they're making That's fun stupid. of this crazy magic bullet theory that the Warren Commission, which is like sponsored by the now president, um, thinks is just, no, this isn't, no, no. you can't do no. all that with one bullet. This is insane. So according to the Warren Commission, single bullet theory, magic bullet Governor Connolly also reacted after the same bullet penetrated his back just below his right armpit. The bullet created an oval-shaped entry wound, impacted and destroyed four inches of his right fifth rib, and exited his chest. This created a two-and-a-half-inch oval-shaped air-sucking chest wound. That sounds awful. That same bullet then entered his arm just above his right wrist and cleanly shattered his right radius bone into eight pieces. It exited just below his wrist. This is so funny because this is just like, (laughs) they totally made fun of it in the episode. Perfect. Um, (laughs) This is just crazy. It's terrible. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. So the Secret Service Special Agent Clint Hill was riding on the left front running board of the follow-up car, which was immediately behind the president limousine. Hill testified that he heard one shot, then his documented other films, and concurrent with the Zapruder frame 308, he jumped off into Elm Street and ran uh, forward to the board the trunk of the limo and protect the president. Hill testified to the Warren Commission that he heard the fatal headshot as he was reaching the limo approximately five seconds after the first shot that he heard. After the president was shot in the head, Mrs. Kennedy began climbing out onto the back of the limo, though she later had no recollection of doing this. Hill believed she was reaching for something, perhaps a piece of the president's skull. He jumped onto the back of the limo, while at the same time, Mrs. Kennedy returned to her seat and he clung to the car as it exited the plaza. After Mrs. Kennedy crawled back into the limo seat, both the governor and his wife heard her repeatedly saying, they've killed my husband. I have my brains in his hand, Mrs. Kennedy recalled. All the ride to the hospital, I kept bending over him saying, Jack, Jack, can you hear me? I love you, Jack. I kept holding the top of his head down trying to keep the brains in. God, this is so disgusting. It's so insane. Oh, that's so sad. So the theory that I really am getting behind is -hmm. the one where the CIA is heavily involved in this. Yep. So, oh, there's so much. Um, So it's a big one. I think it's the biggest conspiracy theory of them all. Yeah. And it's, it's the most involved. But unfortunately, it's the most realistic. Yes, I agree. Um, so conspiracy theorists have ascribed various motives for the CIA's involvement in President Kennedy's assassination, including that Kennedy's uh, firing of CIA Director Alan Dulles, Kennedy's refusal to provide air support to the Bay of Pigs invasion, Kennedy's plan to cut the agency's budget by 20%, and the belief mm-hmm. that the president was weak on communism. So, 
So fucking stupid. I don't even know where to begin. So there are these group of highly trained men who are like... You're talking about the guys in Italy? I'm talking about... Okay, so there's this group of men called Operation... It's Operation 40. So mm-hmm. there are these guys who are kind of from what I understand... They're, like, high, high level. They're, like, above what... They don't take orders from the president. They're, like... They're, like, black ops something. They're way over, like, yeah, his stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, like I said, in that little blurb I just read, that, um... So they were hired to go and take out Fidel Castro. Because at the time Mm -hmm. in Cuba, he was no longer... He was... It was a window they had that they could go and kill him. And they were sent there to kill him. And what happened was Kennedy didn't help them do their job. He stuck his kind of his nose in to a sense where he shouldn't have. And the whole entire thing went sour. It was an embarrassment. It was not good. And these group of men were fucking pissed. So what happens when then you have a group of really expert killers who are mad at one person and then these people who are above the president who really are running things go, hey, Kennedy isn't really turning out to be the kind of president that we need because he's getting in the way of the agenda. And he wanted to take money away from the military budget, which would have put a lot of businesses out. Well, he cut it by 20%. Many billions of dollars. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing for these people. So now they have a president they don't want and they have a group of very elite killers that can make this happen because they don't like him anyway. So it's even better, you know? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that people think is, is they're the people who took him out And they set up Oswald to take the fall because, like we were saying, he was ex-military. He was a defector. He married someone from Russia, Marina. And it's all these things. And it's like he was, like, already on the CIA watch list. He was perfect. He was primed for it. He's, like, low-level, like, it it was just perfect. Um, And they used him. Didn't I Jack Ruby, the guy that killed Lee Harvey Oswald, didn't he say at one point when they stopped him, he said something like this was all planned or this was all a setup or he said something to those to that effect. Like he Maybe. said something like this was part of the plan or I, I don't know what, but he was unfortunately, uh, yeah, he was trying to spill the beans, but not, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or he realized that he was part of this shitty plan. I mean, like, what I read, what what I read about him was he was a nightclub owner. He said that he, well, we'll get to that. Well, first let me just say this. No, you're good. You're perfect. Um, so, Kennedy has now been assassinated. Mm -hmm. What's Oswald doing? So, he's up on the sixth floor, supposedly, of this book (laughs) depository. And, um, (laughs) so gross. Um, so he leaves. 
He returns to his room at 1026 North Beckley Avenue in Oak Cliff to retrieve his pistol. So Ruth's house where he grabbed those curtain rods. Then he leaves minutes later to wait at a bus stop. So he takes a bus stop. Then I believe he takes a cab and then he gets out and walks on foot. So what's interesting about this is he is low level. From what I remember, I think Oswald is low level CIA. Uh huh. So he's like in, but not. It's almost like they welcomed him in. So he thinks he's in, but he's not. He's low level CIA who has a shitty past and they're using him. He's perfect. So this now he, convenient. who knows? He probably shot one of those shots. But I don't think he did it. And even if one of his ones were the ones that, like, hit him... He, he wasn't acting alone. And it wasn't his agenda. He, if he was, mm-hmm. he was taking orders from somebody else because they're setting him up and they need him to be there for it. So mm-hmm. now he has taken a bus, he's taken a cab, he got his uh, revolver or pistol, and now he's on foot. And he he changes his jacket to a lighter-colored one. Um, at the same time, they also have, like, a... Um, they, I think on the radio and the news, they're saying like a five foot ten Caucasian man. They're describing him, which is very interesting. The the one eyewitness who gives the description of what's supposed to be Oswald, they are mm-hmm. in the crowd on the ground, looking up six floors. He's in a window behind a gun, and that's where they get the description from. That person. Mm-hmm. What? They that's know he's five foot sus. ten from up there. Are you kidding that? me? They cannot, my friend. They cannot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is a lie, lie, lie. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know it. Um. So police find empty rifle shells at the sixth floor window of the school book depository, which I think is also weird. He's low-level CIA, and he's not picking up his shells and stuff. I don't he know. knows better than that. Especially no, as it's because he's not really. Too. Yeah, no, sorry. It's not happening. Um, so uh, now, now, um, he's, um, on foot, he's walking, Oswald. He runs into J.D. Tippett. He is a police officer. He thinks he sees a guy who matches this description. And, uh, Oswald's not having it, and he shoots him. Middle great. of the street. Because he's like, hey, who are you? Where are you going? He shoots him. He leaves all those rounds in the street, too, which I think is very strange. And then, while this officer has been shot by Oswald... Um, the Dallas officers find the hidden rifle upstairs, which is insane, too. I just thought this makes sense. Because it's not hidden. No. It's all there. It's like, hey, look, evidence. Ha, ah, he forgot it because he was in a hurry. And I put no. my hand on all of these different things. Like, he put his handprint on everything. None of it makes sense. It's because he was following <laughs> orders of, and he was just he was too desperate to be a part of it or scared or I don't know. But it was, didn't make Something. sense. Something. Um, so the press announces the last right. Johnson arrives at Love Field. All these things are happening all at the same time. They're operating on the governor at this time. And then, um, Oswald, after he shoots the cop, enters a, oh my goodness, a movie theater. Okay. Why would he go to a movie theater? To hide. Catch some flicks. Right. So one of the conspiracies extra levels to this conspiracy is that when Oswald went into this movie theater, he was only there for a teeny tiny bit. Okay. Who was he meeting? He met somebody. Mm. Okay. Because like, he's like, whoa, I didn't realize like, this is what we were doing maybe. Or, Hey, I did this and now they're all after me. You guys didn't tell me. He's probably freaking out. 
He's freaking out enough where he's shooting a cop in the middle of the street in broad daylight yeah. while all this is going on. He's probably panicking because he thought the people who were involved with the CIA that were helping him, him, he's now realizing, they, I'm set up. This is I'm the fall shit. guy. Shit. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> so a lot of people believe who he met was a guy named George Morinschild. So this guy mm. is super duper wealthy. He is Russian, and a lot of people... He's like a petroleum geologist. He's, like, smart, loaded, loaded, loaded. Two days after the assassination of President uh, Kennedy, he was friends with Oswald, okay? And then once Sorry. Oswald... He disappeared. Bye-bye, gone. Um, Curious. Uh, and he did testify in the Warren Commission, and it, all of this is just no good. He died mysteriously. Weird. Mm. Um, but a lot of people think he met Oswald there. And um, what's interesting is this guy came about in Oswald's life out of the middle of nowhere. And later his wife, Marina, years later, one of the things she said was she doesn't do interviews because she's scared shitless that people are going to kill her daughters, even today. Oh, and um, she, she's told people who want to interview her, like, would you sacrifice your children for the truth? That's Jesus. her thing she tells people. Oh, and people no. go, mm, okay, I can't say I blame you. You still have your daughters, even though you're older now. You, they're still there. No, I don't want them oh, to get hurt. Man. So she said that when this really wealthy Russian guy came out of nowhere, she's like, I could never figure out why he had any interest in us. She's like, we were dirt poor. He's a bajillionaire. And suddenly he's best friends with Oswald. She's like, it made no sense. I never understood oh, it. Oh, creepy gross. So what a lot of people think was he was involved with, he was the handler. Mm -hmm. He was the one who was handling Oswald for the CIA. Oh, wow. So he met Oswald. He told him whatever he told him. And then um, not long after, Oswald's location was given up. A lot of people think he then went to a payphone yeah. and then called in where he was. I got him. He's right here. Mm -hmm. And then he's done now. Whatever. Wow. Like, it's over. Which is so weird. <laughs> um, what also is very interesting, and I'll say it right now, so since it's related still, is that mm -hmm. this same guy, they later found a letter, a correspondence between him and Bush Sr. Mm-hmm. Well, that was leading to what we were talking about before we started recording. Really <laughs> weird. The letter. So this is in 76. So this is over 10 years later. Um, he goes, you will excuse this handwritten letter. Maybe you, will f maybe you will be able to bring a solution to the hopeless situation I find myself in. My <gasps> wife and I find ourselves surrounded by some vigilantes, our phone bugged, and we are even being followed everywhere. Either the FBI is involved in this or they do not want to accept my complaints. We're driven to insanity by the situation. I have been behaving like a fool ever since my daughter, Nadia, died over three years ago. I tried to write stupidly and unsuccessfully about Lee Oswald and must have angered a lot of people. I do not know. But to punish an elderly man like myself and my highly nervous and sick wife is really too much. Could you please do something to remove the net around this? This will be my last request for help and I will not annoy you anymore. Good luck in your important job. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bush responds, 
part of what he says is the flurry of interest that attended your testimony before the Warren Commission has subsided. I can only speculate that you may have become newsworthy again in view of the renewed interest in the assassination and thus may be attracting the attention of people in the media. I hope this had been I hope this letter had been of some comfort to you, although I realize I am unable to answer your question completely. It's very strange that like Bush has ties to somebody who was involved allegedly with Oswald and he was there that day. Um, Bush has been asked what he remembers of that day. He cannot remember, he says. That's like saying you don't know where you were when 9-11 happened or when some huge event happened like that where you can't help but remember it he can't remember that and he was That's there this absolutely no bullshit because i was asking sean's mom at dinner tonight i was like where were you when this happened and she told me she was like i was in second or third grade and our teacher got a phone call from the office and she started crying and she just said there's been an emergency we all need to go home and so all the kids, none of the kids were told anything. They were piled onto buses and they had been Crazy. going through, um, they'd been going through bomb drills. So they were like, oh shit. Cause this was, you know, in the early sixties. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so they scary. were all bussed home. She went home and both of her parents' cars were home. And she was like, that's weird. Cause both of her parents worked and she walks in and her parents are sitting in front of the TV and her mom's crying. Her dad's like sitting there with his head in his hands. And she's like, I mean, Sue's nearly 70, and she remembers this from the second grade. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Not a kid. and There is no way. It's bizarre, and it's just strange because he later goes on to be secretary of the CIA. So Mm -hmm. he benefits. It's kind of like the people who had some degree of involvement, those Mm -hmm. people who went along with keeping quiet got rewarded all did really well (laughs) so i'll just say one more thing about this guy who they think was his handler is how Mm -hmm. he died his daughter talked with him at length and found him to be deeply disturbed about certain matters because i'm remembering this now supposedly it was a suicide i think reporting that he had expressed a desire to kill himself on march 29th he gave an interview uh during which he claimed in 62 dallas cia operative john walton moore and one of moore's associates had handed him the address of lee harvey oswald in nearby fort worth and then suggested to him uh that he might like to meet he suggested to moore that he would appreciate some help from the u.s embassy in haiti i would never have contacted oswald in a million years if moore had not sanctioned it uh too much was at stake on the same day as the Epstein mm. interview he received a business card from Fonzie, Gaten Fonzie, an investigator for the House Select Committee on Assassinations, telling him that he would like to see him. Um, the HSCA considered him a crucial witness. That afternoon, he was found dead from a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head in a house at which he was staying in in Florida. The coroner's <sighs> verdict was suicide. In the book, Killing Kennedy, television personality uh, Bill O'Reilly claimed he had been knocking on Warren Shield's front door when he heard a shotgun blast that marked the suicide. However, this claim has since been proven false. A uh, phone call recording between O'Reilly and Fonzie confirmed that O'Reilly had been investigating the Russian immigrant. However, he learned of his suicide from Fonzie. He was not even in Florida at the time. So all kinds of just shady alibis left and right. <laughs> what? Oh my god. 
And the scary thing is, is that you know that because this, the CIA and the FBI were both involved in this, um, any FOIA stuff that comes out is never going to be complete. Because I'm sure that they destroyed any potential, if there even were documents, if there even were documents, they were all destroyed. So we'll never know. I just don't even understand. In 88, Bush told Congress he knew nothing about the illegal supply flights from 87 because he was heavily involved in uh, the invasion of Cuba. And Mm -hmm. it was Bush's CIA job to organize the Cuban community in Miami for the invasion. So it's just like everybody is involved with all these things. Um, And it's it's not good. This is not good. And there are, like, are double sets of logs that are intended to hide Bush's real role in the CIA to provide him with plausible deniability. Um, mm-hmm. It's not good. He was briefed, too, on November 23rd. Lyndon mm-hmm. Johnson's behind. Not, he's part of this, for sure. They're all, there's a bunch of people to gain from it, you know? Because mm-hmm. Johnson was in line with what they needed out of a president mm-hmm. and he so, was like sweet i can be president can for be another president. four years after this as well like how and he great went on to become president again because mm-hmm. he went along with what they wanted and that's when vietnam started and it was because it was just such a huge war is a money maker to certain individuals all of this is so insane to me um so yeah um oswald ends up getting arrested Kennedy is yeah, killed that on guy. Friday. Let's go back to him. Sunday is when he was being moved in an underground tunnel from one to go from one jail to another jail, basically in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is just also crazy to me. So he was um, when he was arrested too. It was right outside that theater, from what I mm-hmm. understand. Um, he resisted arrest, all these things. He's being moved. Um, his case never went to trial, obviously, because he was killed. He was being escorted in the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters. Um, he was fatally shot by Jack Ruby, who was a nightclub owner. Um, and the incident was broadcast live on American television at 11.21 a.m. because it was a big deal. We're all there to film this guy being moved. And that's when he gets killed. So it's very interesting to... I don't know yeah. if this is just random or Jack Ruby, like, maybe maybe he wasn't. Who knows? But whatever it was, it worked out great for whoever was behind this. Yeah, I think Jack now Ruby he's was also dead. somehow part of it. Because what else would he have? He has nothing left to lose at this point. Mm-mm. He's being accused of killing the president. He's going to take everybody down with him. I was gonna so say he's this guy either did them a favor or they were going to go kill him later. It's one of... You know, it would happen. He would be dead before trial regardless. It would have been such a public uh, case. He had to die. He had to go. Oh, for because sure. Because he could, he could never be put on the stand. I mean, never. Ruby said never, he never. did it because he didn't want to have to. He was in shock and he didn't want Kennedy to have the wife to go, Jackie, to go through a trial. Who knows? Maybe people were in like, he was beloved in her. So I could, I could yeah, see that too. She was. Um... He died in the same hospital, too, that Kennedy had died in two days before, which is kind of a weird fact. Interesting. And of um, course. Yeah. A lot of people think there's discrepancies over, like, the autopsy, too, because um, presidents, his security detail, were attempting to remove his body from the hospital when they briefly scuffled with Dallas officials who believed oh. that he was legally obligated to perform. Sorry. Earl Rose was believed to 
get to do with the autopsy of the president's body, but the Secret Service pushed through and Rose eventually stepped aside. Because hmm. they don't want any official documents stating what really happened. It seems weird, right? It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So there's one other hmm. thing that's also just one more piece. There's Give this the guy piece. named E. Howard Hunt. Okay. Uh, he's no longer with us, but his son is. So um, Howard Hunt, there's this picture, if you Google it, called the Three Tramps. It's three guys walking right after Kennedy was killed, murdered, assassinated. And um, these guys are supposed to be, like, like uh, homeless. They're dressed way too nice. They're not homeless. And the guy in the very back, oh. if you look at that guy and then look at E. Howard Hunt, Hunt has, like, very specific, like, nose, like, jowl lines. Uh-huh. He, he's very unique oh, looking. Oh, I see it. It's <gasps> him. It looks just like him. Okay? This guy is, like, he's an intelligence officer. Uh, He's CIA. um, And they believe the other two people in the picture, I think, are someone named Liddy and Sturgis. So, like, these are, like, key players. And they're seen leaving and they're hobos or whatever you want to call them. Dressed up as, The three tramps. They're there because they're... (laughs) Did they kill him? It's very possible. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they're involved with, like... Castro, the Operation 40 people, like all of it. I mean, he's later uh. in front. He, he has um, he has to be investigated in front of everybody. There's this like thing where I forget what they ask him. Like it was like a question that was very straightforward. Like, um, oh, oh, see, there's another piece, too. But they ask him a question and he has sunglasses on and then he just smirks because he he doesn't have to answer really. And it's like he has sunglasses on. He's being it's like, no, no. So, I mean, the, this guy was there, and what's interesting is on his deathbed, he mm-hmm. told his son, I need you to record this. There is a recording <gasps> of his dad saying, I was there to kill him. I was part of this. Oh, my God. We did it. We were hired. All of it is true. It's, like, on his literal deathbed. And what's also interesting is someone else who profited was Nixon, and when Watergate happened, and all of those documents were leaked there were certain Mm -hmm. files that could not be accounted for and that's what he was being questioned on and that's when they said where do these where do these files go and he just smirked while he has like ray-bans on and um (laughs) legitimately (laughs) and uh (laughs) those two files Uh were on kennedy's assassination they were the ones missing so they set up nixon (laughs) like distraction distraction like watergate lululu let's take these files and get out of here and that's what they did and he told his son that on his deathbed he's like we went in and got those that was us those files were there they're too important to get out it would be the world can't know our government killed our president of this yeah and it's crazy and they interviewed his son and it was wild he's like i don't know he told me to record this he told me i have it and they he played it and it's his dad it's weird i mean to be fair even if even if it weren't true on my deathbed i would hope i'd be given the opportunity to say some wild shit Mm -hmm. and record Mm -hmm. it and be like this is all true and then my kids would be like, I'm very confused, but <laughs> mom said, so it must be true. And she said it on her deathbed, so it must be very important to her. Yeah, he got two and a half to eight years paroled after 33 months. What? Oh. I mean. He and then involved. he went back underground and we never saw him again, right? 
Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> weird. Fucked up. All of these things. It's crazy. I also find just on and off like thing. Like I think it's so crazy that that picture of Johnson getting sworn in on Air Force One with Jackie oh, next to him with the blood on her shirt. His wife suggested like you should change, and she said no. Like I forget what the actual quote is, but she's like, no, I want them to see what they did to him. <gasps> she's like, no, I'm keeping it. Well, I know that she believes that he was. It was a hit. I know yeah. she believes that. Are we on a list now? <laughs> well, I know we are because we've been I searching for this crap. I'm so heated. I want to go there. Can you go there with me? <laughs> Can we go Where's, to the grass? What do you mean? There? Just the, the spot? Yeah. In Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. We can reenact. We can figure it out. We'll measure oh all the God. things. <laughs> we'll go with Lestat and Louis. Jesus we can solve crimes as them. That's our new YouTube. <laughs> can we just go on to Louisiana after that, at least? So that oh, our costumes make sense. Percent. Then we'll go to Graceland okay. and we'll solve all that, too. And they're like, it's been solved. They're like, no, we'll solve it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. Guys, we're going to continue this talk on our Patreon episode this week. Because um, we feel like there's there's still more to unwrap. There's, there's more. so there's... much information. I <sighs> I'm so angry. I have so many thoughts. I have so many things. We were supposed to talk about this and Marilyn Monroe's Oh, no. Death. Marilyn Monroe's going like, to be next week. I can spend like a full like three-year podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue this on our Patreon. And then next week, we're going to talk Marilyn Monroe and tie that into this. Oh, it's like our first two-parter, isn't it? Because it's kind mm-hmm. of a two-parter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll call it a two-parter. Can I we like just it. do that for our anniversary? I mean, fun. yes. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I excellent like work. Thank you. I feel like I need to go look up a local group of people who are into this and then just Zoom meet up with them for 12 <laughs> hours straight and just, like, lose my mind and become Charlie from Always Sunny and have red string. One of our Patreon members, Danny, is like crazy knowledgeable on this. And I'm a little worried. Danny, I hope we did okay. I mean, by we, I mean Erica, because I did, I contributed nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I need more wine. (laughs) I'm so angry. Oh, uh, uh, me? No, I want to expose all the people all the time. Oh, Oh my goodness. That's inappropriate. I'm here to expose you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, uh, do we have no. anything else to announce? I feel sad that we're not spinning the wheel. I really want to spin it. Um, can we spin it for the week after Marilyn? Because I want to give her an episode. No, she I need to. One. I agree. I love that topic. Should we spin it for... We could spin it now for after Marilyn. But then we'll be ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> True. Don't do that. <laughs> I guess we will. Okay. Yes. It's yes, good. we're spinning it? No, yes, we're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> Toad ahead, my friend. <laughs> Toad ahead. Toad ahead. <laughs> I still don't know how to pronounce it. I keep putting I like, a D in it. I like toe to head. Toe to head. Okay. 
See, I keep saying toad to head. So well, if you like say it fast deep. enough, it sounds that way no matter what. So or maybe to it's maybe it's toad ahead. Like toad there's to a toad. Like there's there's a toad ahead. Be careful of the toad. <laughs> toe. <laughs> I say instead of D A, I say T A. Toe to head. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I go. I automatically go for the D. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> No. <laughs> that was an excellent Freudian slip. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> oh my god, so stupid. So stupid. We talk about all of these weird facts and then end on that. Perfect. Toad ahead. Toad ahead. We covered okay. everything toad ahead, guys, so take it or leave it. <laughs> Whatever. You don't like it, then you're on team head to toe. Good Which for is you. not the team to be not on. Not the team to be on. <laughs> you want to be on toe to head. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, if anyone does, like, uh, numerology, can you please break apart toe to head for us and let us know what its, like, prime number is or whatever you call that, and then... <laughs> It maybe has some sacred geology, like geometry, like whatever, geology. astronomy, all of it. I need all the things on this report back. On toe to head. Okay. Well, I think that concludes our, our episode on Kennedy. <laughs> Happy anniversary. And our, our anniversary. Happy anniversary, <laughs> us. <laughs> next week this is the night guys podcast i'm liana (laughs) america all right bye-bye bye